What up, everybody? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Netgear and their all-new Wi-Fi system with the Orbi Wi-Fi 6. No more buffering, no more dead zones, no more dropped Wi-Fi connections. Listen, this thing is sweet. The Orbi Wi-Fi 6 by Netgear is perfectly engineered to ensure a faster, superior Wi-Fi connection across even the most demanding and sophisticated smart homes of any size. You can upgrade to the award-winning Orbi Wi-Fi 6 and untap crisp 8K video streaming, get crystal clear audio with faster speeds across all your connected devices with zero interruptions. They sent me one to use at my house, and uh, my wife has been working from home for the last year and, you know, whatever, on video calls all day, but she can't have all the internet. I need internet too. I'm uploading footage. I got my own streaming stuff. I'm watching Netflix. And so the Orbi Wi-Fi 6 makes it easy for all of us to do everything we need on the internet at my home uh, with no interruptions and no problems. Are you ready to experience exceptional Wi-Fi? Upgrade to the Orbi Wi-Fi 6 and save 10% off today. All you have to do is go to netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. That's netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. And then when you're there, promo code SMOKINGTIRE10. That'll get you 10% off. netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. Promo code SMOKINGTIRE10 gets you 10% off off the Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Get yourself the best streaming internet you can. Optimize your home with the Orbi Wi-Fi 6. Netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi, code SMOKINGTIRE10. We're also brought to you by Innova. Have you ever wondered what that check engine light is trying to tell you? Some people try to cover it up. Some people try to disconnect it or just dismiss it as an unsolved mystery. Hey, it's running okay right now. Just let it fly. But with Innova, you can easily identify both the problem and what it takes to fix it. It's like having a personal mechanic in your pocket. It takes all the headache and guesswork of trying to take care of my vehicles. If you're someone or know someone like me, Innova is for you, and here's why. You step one, you just scan it. Connect your, OD, connect your OBD2 diagnostic tool with to the port and use features like hotkeys and the patented all-in-one display. You can scan your vehicle's onboard computers to detect for any malfunctions. Then you verify. By pairing your tool with Innova's all-new Repair Solutions 2 mobile app, you'll now have free access to over 60 million fixed solutions that are verified for accuracy by real ASE certified technicians. Then you fix. It doesn't stop there. Repair Solutions 2 is the complete solution. In the app, you'll find troubleshooting information and be able to order the right parts for the job. And if you still have questions, Anova's USA-based customer support team is always able to help six days a week from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific. Anova tools speak your car's language so you don't have to. You can buy Anova tools at all major automotive retailers, Amazon, and of course, at Innova.com. That's I-N-N-O-V-A.com to find the product and fix the problem. These things are great. We got them all three units here at the shop. And, you know, our, these cars, our customer cars, sometimes my own cars, they, sometimes Zach's car, they throw a check engine light. It's nice to know what that means. And the Innova scan tools really, really help you with that. Of course, we're also brought to you by Auto Tempest. We've been talking about Auto Tempest for a very long time. And for the kind of people that 
constantly keep eyes out for what's out there in the market, Auto Tempest is perfect. They make searching for your next car super, super easy. You no longer have to spend any time going to individual car sites like cars.com, True Car, and Carvana. They bring in all those listings, plus they even link you to a Facebook marketplace and nationwide Craigslist results. They now offer search alerts so you can sign up and receive emails when new listings that match your search show up. See, that's what's up. That's like the most time-saving. Now, I don't even have to go to Auto Tempest. I tell Auto Tempest what I'm looking for, and they send me the customized emails when listings matching my search criteria show up. That is perfect. All I know is that I've never found a more convenient and easier way to buy a car I wanted, and it'll be the same for you. You get all the cars with just one search or one email. If you already you set it up once, set up your search terms, set up what you're looking for, they'll let you know when it pops up. You don't even have to do anything. You don't have to go back and check every day. It'll They'll just come to you. Check out autotempest.com slash TST so they know that we sent you. There's no discount because Autotempest isn't selling anything. They're just helping other people sell things. But if you go to autotempest.com slash TST. It'll make your boys, Matt and Zach, look good. Like this ad is working. You feel me? Uh, Larry Casilla is downstairs at the shop working on Mike Musto's Porsche. Um, I'm not entirely sure why any of us thought he would be able to do a show today. Because <laughs> Especially him. to fucking nuts. He's just working on a car. Uh, so he's... He, he, he was under the impression he was supposed to detail my Ferrari, which I never asked him to do, and in fact told him four or five different times to not do. Um, but uh, so to- he'll do it, the show with us tomorrow. We're gonna do the we're gonna do crew show tomorrow, and Larry today we just switched them. The crew show today, and Larry uh, will be tomorrow. Okay, okay. Uh, Musto's downstairs looking at him, and uh, he might pop in. So I don't know. Um, we may want to drop him in. We can drop him in. We can prepare this this mic if he if Musto decides to to pop in. Sure. Oh, what's going on today? Well, they've just dropped off a. Uh, well, we'll get to, we'll get to the cars in a minute. Uh, the big news for this show, um, for those of you who are with us live, um, today is going to be our last publicly available live broadcast. Um, uh, we have launched a Patreon um, in order to improve uh, the experience for the listeners that want an option to improve their experience. Uh, the Patreon is very easily accessible. It is patreon.com slash the smoking tire podcast. Um, and there are three levels. And uh, the first level is called Pit Crew. It's $3 a month. Uh, or 16% off that if you buy for a year. And that gets you access to the live stream. After today, like today is uh, Wednesday, yep. uh, September 1st, after today's live show, the, the, the live shows will be for Patreon patrons only. Um, and in, in, in conjunction with that, we will be doing away with the Super Chat questions. So... Uh, it doesn't mean we won't be taking questions. It means that if you want to be involved in the interactivity of the live podcast, um, you will have to become a patron, and you will then ask your questions through the Patreon page. Chat, yep. chat Patreon <laughs> chat. Um, we will still be taking questions, um, but uh, we're not going to take your money for the questions. Instead, we're going to take your money for access to the live show. Why are we doing this? Um, a few reasons. Well, I'll get to that. I'll get to why we're doing it. Um, uh, crew chief 
is the next level up. It's $8 a month or 16% off if you pay annually. You will get, um, you will not have ads anymore. Right. You'll get access to the live stream for $8 a month, audio or video, you will have an ad-free podcasting experience. Um, we added this level uh, to the crew show because there's people that don't like ads. Um, and and there's the people, some of the people that don't like ads are the same people that email me and say, I really want to support the show, but I don't want to buy anything. I don't need swag. I don't need merch. I don't need a t-shirt, but I want to support you guys and we like what you're doing. And so if you uh, are one of those folks and you want to support us with $8 a month, you can watch all the live streams and you will, you will then have um, a private RSS feed mm -hmm. and a private video feed, right? So audio or video, you'll have a private feed that you can access through the Patreon page. You subscribe to it just like you subscribe to anything else and you will not have advertising anymore. Correct. Which is, uh, I think for some people that's nice. You know, and I and for other people that are not about that, um, and that don't want to uh, support the Patreon uh, in exchange for not having to listen to advertising, um, they'll the regular shows will still be on Tuesday, Thursday, audio and video with our, our normal ads. Okay, and then the, the top the top tier uh, at Patreon uh, slash the Smoking Tire Podcast is uh, the Pro Driver level. Um, it is everything included with tier one and two, mm -hmm. members only live stream, ad-free listening and watching experience, plus um, two other things. Um, you will not have to wait until Tuesday, Thursday. You, the live stream will stay up for you. Actually, that's not, it's not, it will end, but then will be immediately re-uploaded. Immediately re-uploaded. Re yes. re so you will get, it's not... It's not going to be exactly the same link. There's, it's not important why it's a, it's the back end of Patreon. But basically, as soon as we're done with the live show, Zach will immediately post that show to the pro drivers. They'll, they will not have to wait until Tuesday, Thursday. They get it whenever it's recorded, not Correct. when we choose to air it. Okay. Um, and then also, you will get a ninth podcast. Right now, we're doing eight shows per month. There's a bonus. Pit uh, pro driver level only show. Um, it's going to be mostly uh, Q and A that show, mm -hmm. but we will. You know, it's going to be a little more intimate experience. We don't expect, honestly, like that many people to do the pro driver thing. So you're literally going to get like a private show, and that show will never be posted in the feed um, for anyone. So that's going to be the members only show at the pro driver level. So pit crew, three bucks, members only live stream. Crew chief, members only live stream plus a totally ad free listening experience. Uh, we've backdated about 10 episodes there too. So you can go back to episode 650. 650 Steve Dine. Uh, mm -hmm. And those have no ads. The we're not going to go back and take ads away from our 650 other podcasts. But, <laughs> yeah. but, um, it's everything going back to 650, and then everything going forward will be ad-free for the crew chief people. They all have their own feed, uh, which you can access exclusively through the Patreon page. Mm -hmm. And then Pro Driver, you get ad-free. You get members live stream. You get early access to the episodes. They go up immediately after they're recorded, and you get a bonus one-hour crew show. Um, that is only available to the Pro Drivers and will never be published outside of Patreon. Correct. 
I did, I did that. I did that right. Yep. Yeah, you did. Zach yeah, has been everything. doing a lot of work to set this up. It's taken. It's it's harder than it looks. Just you don't yeah. just make the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, a couple weeks of work to make this. And now, why yeah. are we doing this? Um, a couple reasons. Um, one is that it solves a lot of the biggest questions and complaints that people have. How do I watch the live stream? How do I make it so I can continue watching that live stream or watch it as soon as it ends instead of having to wait? How do I support you guys without, uh, without having to buy anything? And how do I get even more content? Mm -hmm. So each of these levels uh, for just a couple of dollars um, is, uh, is a way to do those things. And you know, if you don't wanna do any of them, that's fine. Podcasts and video cast will go up every Tuesday and Thursday, um, but this today, Wednesday, September first, is the last ever public live stream show. Tomorrow right. with Larry will be only live streamed on the Patreon. Correct. And um, just to reassure, some people I had, a, I had a couple questions. Um, I pinned a comment in the YouTube post. Um, we will not be changing the quality or frequency of the normal show. Like we're not no, gonna, no. like the crew shows aren't, someone asked, are the crew shows now only gonna be behind Patreon? No. no. They asked, are the guest shows only gonna be behind Patreon? No. No, um, there'll be we're one not gonna cut bonus it in half, crew show. You know, it, yeah, exactly. One extra show, a ninth show at the pit crew level. No other, everything else stays the same, except the public will not be able to watch the live streams and the public will not be able to submit super chat questions. Correct. We're eliminating the super chat system. It's it's served its purpose, but um, it's uh, we think there's a better way. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. And other people who do podcasting um, seem to have found a lot of success with this. Um, people who are fans have suggested this exact thing to us many, 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 many times. Yeah, um, and, and people, you know, we launched this an hour ago and we were already getting messages of like, thank you, I've been looking for a way to support the show without buying something, I've liked this, I hate the ads. Like, it's, yeah. it's really driven by the requests of people, especially with the live stream, um, people wanting to stay up so they can watch it whenever they want. And that was causing a lot of arguments between fans about when is when is it good to take it down, when is it too soon, was it not soon enough? So like, this solves those problems. Right, uh, and I just, I see a question in the live chat. Do you get backlogged access to the extra shows if you subscribe to the pit crew later on? I believe the answer to that is yes. You do. The um, pit crew level, yes. those extra shows stay in your pit crew level feed. Correct. I've been very impressed with Patreon's user interface, honestly. Um, so anything that right now is for the pit crew when you join that, uh, you just get access to all the things that have been given to the pit crew or mm -hmm. to, you know, crew chief, whatever it is. Yeah. You can uh, access it's everything prior to your subscription date at that membership level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, look, if you are... Um, if you're already not listening to this live, if you're listening to this at, at home later or in your car later and you're perfectly happy with a Tuesday, Thursday show on your commute or a Tuesday, Thursday show on the YouTube slash uh, YouTube.com slash The Smoking Tire Podcast, you don't have to do anything. We're not we're not right. asking you to do anything. We don't need you to do anything. Nothing will change. The quality of the shows, the guests, we're not going to keep the, the – I'm not going to go get – you know, Tom Segura and Sung Kang and, and Doug and our biggest guests and put them behind a, a paywall. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to allow our most fervent supporters uh, and uh, people who want these things that we're offering uh, to be able to get them. 
you know, for for what we think is a um, small to medium, small. I mean, ultimately, I, I don't, I'm not trying to talk down on people that don't have a budget for stuff. I'm not trying to say that if you can't afford this, there's something bad about any, I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just saying that in the grand scheme of things, we feel that the pricing package is fair and mm-hmm. commensurate with what other people are doing with this platform right. and what uh, what has been successful. You know, and, and it and it takes it does take extra work to do this, so that's part of where that money goes. Yeah, like so you guys know. Yeah, um, like we're probably gonna have to if it, if this works out as well as we hope, we're gonna have to like hire someone right. to manage I, it. The number of exports I have to do for all of the episodes was significant. <laughs> uh, but um, someone asked a question which I do want to answer. They said, "Will there be? Can you uh, get the ad free RSS feed on Spotify?" Um, I don't think they have that capability yet, but it, they do use it. You can use it with um, because Spotify doesn't allow you to paste in your own RSS feed at all. I looked mm. at it last night. But you can use Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google Podcasts, um, and like eight, mm, seven other podcast apps. So if you want to see which Apple. ones to use, you can App, use Apple. You can get the yeah, ad, I did it. ad I, free I did it. with Apple. Nice. Did. And if you're an nice. Android person, you can do it on Google, which uh-huh. are the two biggest ones. Um, I have a quick explainer of how that works on the uh, podcast, YouTube podcast channel. If you want to go look at that new promo video, it shows me signing up for it. But okay. it's really, really easy. Like you get the Patreon app, use your phone, you, and then just follow the instructions. Um, and it, it just offers you, hey, which of these apps do you want to use the RSS feed with? And then it connects. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, my guess, I we I I would like to pay Zach more. We want to <laughs> we want to we want to pay Zach more. But there's Zach has only so much time, and also you know Zach at a certain point has the same issues uh, that I have, which is that sometimes we have to be on top of a mountain. Sometimes yeah. sometimes we have to be traveling uh, to film cars. You know, sometimes we have to be. Uh, Zach is Zach is not an office person. I mean, he is, but he's not. He's not sitting yeah, here right. all day. And if and if this becomes a successful thing, we're gonna we're gonna want to manage uh, manage that because right. um, we want to make sure that Patreon people, just like we have for the rest of you guys, that the shows go up when they're supposed to. Right. And sometimes that means I'm looking for service on the mountain, trying to you know post something or schedule something. You're on a plane, but there are mechanics whatever. of this that are manually operated only and it can't be automated uh, or scheduled. So we want to make sure that that happens. Right, and that also in the beginning there might be a couple little fuck ups here and there. So please don't be mean about them. We are yeah. trying our best. Yeah, just let let me know what problems you have in as nice a way as possible. Right. So that's um you know that's our housekeeping. Um, you uh, patreon.com slash the smoking tire podcast. Um, and it's it's very easy to sign up once you're on there. There's directions on how to do everything, um, and you don't need to have like multiple feeds. Like for instance, if you're at the crew chief level and you get the ad free experience, you can unsubscribe to the standard feed and then just subscribe to the ad. So we're not going to clog up your feed Correct. with multiple levels of stuff. Same goes for the um, video side of it. You, you would, uh, you'd watch the YouTube feed ad-free on the Patreon page, correct? Right, yeah, you wouldn't need to go to the YouTube channel right. to do that because we're going to be bringing all of those videos uh, over to Patreon. Yeah. Right. So so that's what's happening around here. We have, a, we have a way to get the live streams going forward. We have a way to not have ads. We have a way to not have to wait for Tuesday or Thursday for the next show. It go, it'll be available to you immediately when it's recorded. We have a way to ask us questions without sending in individual uh, payments, which is uh, a system I was trying to, I'd like, I wanted to get away from. Um, and, uh, 
you know, that's uh, that's that's where we're at. So if you would like to support us, go to patreon.com slash the smoking tire podcast. And uh, I will try my best to talk about what we're doing on there without making it just constant and annoying. Um, this being day one, we had to spend 15 minutes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's that's where we're at right now. And just a reminder for people just joining us, this is our last public live show. All live shows going forward will be behind, uh, will be on the Patreon. I almost said behind the paywall, but that's that's a, it's true, but it's a terrible way to say it. Yes. It's uh, for, for patrons. Um, because they deserve, they deserve a thing. Um, I put up the Ducati monster video on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people were really into it. Some people were like fucking annoyed. How's the controversy over the, the trellis con- frame? The trellis frame. And also, you know, when someone that only has like a medium amount of experience with stuff, like I've probably ridden 20 different motorcycles. That's not a lot for a, a journalist, right? Mm-hmm. Like that right. wouldn't be very much, you know. Um, but I, I do the best I can. And 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 uh, so when I say that this bike was my favorite bike I've ever ridden, a lot of the knee-jerk reaction was, well, he hasn't ridden very many bikes. Well, okay, that's true. I've ridden probably more bikes than the average human has mm-hmm. read, right. ridden. Uh, and I've ridden fewer bikes than hardcore lifelong motorcycle riders or uh, other moto journalists. Um, and also um, my physical makeup, the fact that I have a shitty spine and shitty knees. <laughs> I'll talk about my knee in a second. But uh, it means I, it's, it means I'm a little bit limited onto the kinds of bikes I can ride. I can't ride the super sport bikes because they are incredibly painful for me to ride for more than five minutes. So that leaves me with I choose even you know it's not something I do with cars or I didn't always do with cars with cars it was like kind of whatever I could get and sometimes I loved it sometimes I hated it and sometimes it was really comfortable sometimes uncomfortable with a motorcycle I can look at it and I can tell you if it's comfortable or uncomfortable to a point and if I think it's going to be uncomfortable I won't even I won't get it I just won't even ask for it so a lot of the hardcore guys are going well of course Eli thinks the monster's the best. He's never ridden a fucking Panigale. And I'm never going to. because Those are also completely different motorcycles. Of course, but yeah. we have a Panigale downstairs, a customer's bike. And I've tried to get on it, and I go, I wouldn't make it five minutes on this fucking thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, just from a pain perspective and from like, I don't want to ride a 240 horsepower motorcycle. But that's also, that's also like saying... The E63 wagon is my favorite car ever, and someone goes, well, you haven't driven the Koenigsegg Gajera. And right. Like, but I can't use that for most of my life. Well, also, Whereas the, it's the also, Monster is a good ride-around, sure. entry-level, comfortable bike. Yes. If I say this is the, my, the fav- my favorite motorcycle I've ever ridden, it implies a level of versatility because it means I can use it a bunch, right? Like, if I say, you know, my favorite sports car is the the Porsche 911 GT3. Okay, that may or may not be true, but it, but let's just say that. It implies that uh, you know, it's it's not like me saying my favorite sports car ever is a a, a 2-year-old NASCAR that someone let me drove. You know what I mean? Like that may have been a very unique experience right, that right. that really fucking gets the fizz going, but like it wouldn't qualify for favorite ever. And also saying that something is the best thing you've ever personally experienced is an opinion statement based on your personal experience. Right. Um, it can still be true, even if the sample size is a little bit limited, 
right? Um, having said that, um, yes, I realize after looking at the footage, I, I do look like a gorilla on a grom, uh, on a monster. I probably shouldn't buy one because I do look a little silly riding it. Um, it, it does it does look it looks a little smaller on me than it felt to ride it. It was I thought it was quite comfortable to ride, and it was just light and flickable and and fun. And the engine had a great character. The quick shifter made it really easy to operate in traffic without having to, you know, uh, do a whole bunch of clutch uh, clutching. The quick shifter technology is crazy. It's so good. It's really amazing. It's so good. And it's not like it's funny. It's I, I don't I don't think. Um, I don't think a lot of folks are uh, as, you know, the manual transmission car people are fucking diehard, right? And, and and paddles, even if they're very good, if it's a dual clutch system, it's definitely like a not, you know, it's not as good. But like, I don't hear a lot of people talking shit about the quick shifters because you don't need to use the clutch. No, my buddy know? Justin, who's out here, like he raced at a semi-pro level for a couple of years and he raced... Ducatis, and he's like, that was game changer. Yeah, you're so much, so much more stable on the track, mm-hmm. downshifting at speed, upshifting at speed, etc. Yeah, you et could hit a, you can hit a downshift right in the middle of a corner, mm-hmm. you know, and you know that it's going to be okay. The bike won't lose uh, stability, which is the same thing we liked about dual clutches with cars, but with bikes. Mm-hmm. If you downshifted wrong in the corner or, or before the corner, like you get squiggly, you yeah. can throw too much weight forward. Like it can mean well, you're getting a, hurt. Yeah, I mean, I think I forget what uh, what bike it was that I was riding. Uh, before this, where I did actually miss, I slipped a little on the clutch, and it just did a little, and it's in the video. Um, I forget, I, I forget what the bike was, but it was like two bikes ago, uh, Pan America, Harley mm. Pan America, and uh, but it's in, I left it in the video, um, and and with this bike, that that doesn't uh, doesn't happen. It's pretty cool. So I mean, this is not a this is not a clap back at the haters moment. I just think it's a it's a funny perspective to go to. For that, and I'm very open. I've always been very open. I, I say in the video, here's the kind of rider I am. Here's the level of experience I have. You know, I, I talk about myself and my motorcycle experience. When people go, Are you experienced on motorcycles? I go, Yes, like a New York City cab driver, not like Valentino Rossi. <laughs> you know, I got I have fifteen to twenty thousand miles of urban riding with some highway stuff and some canyons. I've never been to a motorcycle track day. I don't even want to. Mm-hmm. Never try to wheelie. Don't even want to. I just want to go out there, clear my head, have some fun, and not die. Which is probably the mindset and motivation behind like 50% of motorcycle riders. At yeah. least. People buy cruisers or they buy like the Triumphs and they yeah. like the cafe racers and the old school stuff. Mm-hmm. None of those people are out there looking to set lap times and get their you know front wheel in the air. A yeah. lot of people just want to like cruise around, connect with the machine, yeah. have that whole I'm riding a motorcycle experience, which is a unique experience. And then you just want to be like, well, it's comfortable for this. It's good for this. It's mm-hmm. bad for that. You're, you know. And uh, I'm reading this book called The Power of Now, which was suggested to me by a fan after I talked about the other book I was reading, The Four Agreements. I think these those two books really, really go hand in hand. Um, you know, one of my problems mentally with the anxiety and all that stuff has always been una- my un- inability to be present, right? And and in uh, in The Power of Now, one of the many interesting things it talks about is how. Uh, inability to be present can often stem. F- it's an overactive mind, right? The mind, you know, people talk about their minds always going, right? And and there's a, the the problem is that humans associate them their personalities, their being with their thoughts, right? I think, therefore, I am, right? Is a misnomer. So the idea is that you can you separate that your brain is a tool like a power drill. 
power drill is a very effective tool when you need a power drill. Mm -hmm. But if you don't need a power drill, but you're always carrying around a power drill, well, that's not helping you. And in fact, it's probably hurting you. So your brain has to be, you got to think about your brain as that tool, right? And, and in order to be more present, you want to, like, you got to realize that the, the past and the future are both completely out of your control and all you have is right now, okay? And the past, the past fucking with your head is guilt, it's remorse, it's depression, mm -hmm. and it's taking a learning experience, a mistake you made in the past and reliving it as opposed to just going, okay, that was a lesson and, and I'm moving on and I'm letting it go. And then the future fucking with your now is anxiety, uh, worry, um, stress, and circ swirling thoughts that are about things you either can't control at all or, or can't do anything about right now. And when those two things fill your head at the same time- Yeah, you're very busy. Your, your mind yeah. is so fucking busy. And the, where, I, where I really got on board with this book is where they said, there's people that try to find coping mechanisms for this. Activities include motorcycling, scuba diving, and auto racing. <laughs> yeah. Sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> and I went, oh fuck, well that is 100% me. That, those, are my, those are my activities. I mean, I, I don't scuba dive now, but like growing up, I was a scuba diver. Like I do, I've done 300 dives. Like, like, and in those, in those scenarios, on a motorcycle, underwater with a scuba tank or racing a car, you have absolutely no choice but to be present. And right, you hear about right. people, you hear people describe this. When, I, when I'm on a bike, I'm just, th I'm just there. When I'm racing cars, I, the world is gone. I'm free, you know, this, it's, th it's real shit. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And so I'm really, so like, it's a really good book. I can't recommend it highly enough. And the strategy is when you, you have to be able to recognize that your mind is doing that, okay? And you don't analyze why it's doing that. All you do is step outside it and go, my mind's doing that, but I'm here and you focus on your breathing. You look at the fucking trees. You look at the ocean. You just have to, and, and you have to just step outside and say, my mind is doing this thing, but I'm here. Can I do anything about it now? Is there anything in, in the now that I, because even the future is, is just, it's, it's a series of stacked nows, right? And so you can't do anything in the future. You can't do anything in the past. Any action you take is now. And so how do you get your brain out of that and to the now? The step one is just recognizing it and putting it over here and coming to now. Mm -hmm. It's way harder said than done. Oh, yeah. And so far, I've only been able to do it for like 60 seconds at a time. And apparently, like with practice, you can, and there's like, you know, meditation and Wim Hof breathing and shit like that. And I'm not really trying to get that far into it, but... When I read motorcycling, auto racing, I was like, oh shit, like I'm, and skiing is another one. Mm -hmm. I'm forcing myself to be in the now by unconsciously choosing these activities that put me in the now. Right, because they, they all require extreme focus. Right, it's yeah. why I don't I don't have a, a, a comms in my helmet. I don't listen to music when I'm riding. You know what I mean? It's because it, I, I don't want that distraction. And I'm just like, fuck, that's like, that's that's it, and and I'll tell you what I I read this book like five days ago, and I, I actually feel calmer. 
Well, like, I think identifying a problem or a trait or something. Yeah. You know, that's why like therapy can be helpful because it can help you identify something you're doing because we, we often can't identify like we're good at knowing some of our flaws, mm. but not like our patterns really. Yeah. Like patterns and flaws are different. Yeah, my so. friend was like, my friend I was talking about, he's not having a very, he's having a rough time. He's got young kids, he's kind of struggling. And I'm like, you know, you should you should try therapy. You know, I've been doing it for like five, six years and it, and it really helps. He's like, no, no, I really, I really, I think I know myself. I think I know, and I go, you know just enough to get into the fucking hole and you don't have any way to get out of the hole. Right. That's, you know what I mean? You right. know you know enough about yourself to make yourself mad at yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't know enough about yourself. To, you don't have any strategies to get out of it. And my therapist for years has been talking about my inability to be present. Smung weed is a way to, to well, it's because you were texting during the therapy sessions. He's like, Matt, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, smung weed is a way to it's it's to to try to 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 self stop the right. to stop. It doesn't work, but but it was an attempt. You know what I mean? And but he didn't he didn't like. He's great. I love my therapist. I I go every week. But like that when it was those three examples of like the three things I like doing the most, I was like. That's that's all of it. That makes total sense. It's also why I can't go on a vacation and sit on a beach. Mm -hmm. Sailing. Sailing is just enough having to do something while also having the sort of pretense of relaxing. Yeah, what's funny is that sailing requires you to think about the future a right. little bit. Right. And to be in the present. Right. Because you're like, well, if the wind changes, I'm going to do this. Right. Is the wind changing? So you're present when you're going, do I have to change the sails right now? No. Yeah. But it's soon. I might have to. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I really, it's a really interesting book. If, you, if, you find, if you're the kind of person who really finds themselves with a racing brain, whether, you're, whether it's thinking about the future or dwelling in the past, and those two things are, are dragging you down and, and not allowing you to be present and enjoy the present. Yeah, that's it, the power of now. Uh, Eckhart, what's his last name? Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle? Eckhart Tolle, oh. yeah. Have you read something else from Eckhart just, Tolle? I've heard his name, is yeah. quite famous. Um, fucking amazing book, not hard to read. It's not, it's, it's, a, it's sort of spiritual without being religious. Um, but I think that and, and there's themes that uh, are in the four agreements um, that I, I finished also that I, I really like. And so whoever it was um, in the uh, in the chat uh, last week's show that that recommended um, Power of Now. Thank you very much. It's a really, really good book. And man, I tell you what, this week's busy. Our calendar's busy, but I'm not sweating it. Really? Like I feel I feel pretty good. And I've had things come up that I know would normally fucking freak me out and make me feel so overwhelmed. And I'm just not, it's not happening. That's very it's good. It's just not happening. I'm good. just going, I'm just going, okay, well, what can I do about this now? And if nothing, well, it is. <laughs> right. And then you can pay more attention to what you're doing yeah. at that moment. Yeah. yeah. It's good. And like, I'm, you know, if I have a thought of like, Oh man, that time like ten years ago, and I did that thing. It was oh, it was so cringe. What can I do about it now? No, not nothing really. Mm -hmm. I learned the lesson and right. don't and don't do it again or whatever, you know. And so, you know, it's kind of cool. I'm I'm really I, I'm I'm surprised at how how good and how like how much I've just been enjoying my day. You know, like I made this job for myself and right. for us. Like it's a fun job. You right. know what I mean? Like, 
and I'm and I'm I I'm actually I think starting to like enjoy it a little bit and not just be like oh fuck I gotta do all these fucking things right because that was your default yeah it really was no yeah my default was like oh no no you're right you're totally right (laughs) that like we were out like last week with the uh with the bronco and the outback and on the way out there it was just like oh this fucking day it's like dude we're going off road bronco like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that should be fun you know like that should be the fun part of the job like why why are you stressing and so that but but i think like well because you can let the things you have to do later in the day bog down the beginning of the day yeah because like, well, you were you're like well i have to get home for the electrician i have to do all this yeah, shit yeah. And now there is a healthy balance between i have appointments later that i have to make right but if if you know if because you, you would do it even if the appointment was at five even if i had scheduled it plenty appropriately, of time yeah, you're it still was dwelling it, totally. it was dwelling and yeah. so and the book you know the the book uh the power of now recognizes that there is such a thing that we call clock time which is you got to be on work, you got to go to work, you got to be on time, you know, you have to respect appointments you make and respect other people's time and stuff like that. It recognizes that. Clock time is one thing, you know, brain time is a different thing. Um, some of you guys are are uh, are not going to be into what we're talking about here, but other people, I have to say, I've since I started talking about my mental health and my anxiety and my quitting, I've never in my entire life gotten so many supportive notes from people. That's ever. awesome. And not just saying like, good job, you. It's saying like, I I see that in myself. I People who are saying like, oh shit, I do, that happens to me too. I feel like that. And and here you are, you know, in your cool studio and your cool building driving these cool cars and, you know, outwardly seeming like you've got it kind of figured out. But inside, it's like the same shit that's going on. And so uh, people have written like really nice notes to me. Um, that that having these little bits of chat uh, about my mental health has really helped them, and so I, I'm not I'm not trying to do that. I'm not setting out to to be like a, a, a teacher or a guru or anything. But like I appreciate that it's helping, and that's why I'm going to continue to talk about it because it seems like it's something that a lot of men, especially, yes. don't feel comfortable talking about oh 100 we had to yeah. be strong and silent the whole time yeah. you know for for generations and generations uh what is it men suffer in silence i think um that was the yeah. old the old adage absolutely so it's good that people can identify hey you're someone who has this level of success in this kind of job and exactly like you said right. seemingly everything is perfect those yeah but, those things don't you know, i mean those things, those things don't, don't fix that uh yeah. kind of anxiety anthony bourdain killed himself Chris Cornell killed himself. Right. You know what I mean? Like beautiful, successful people that have objectively the, you know, the best life that most of us could ever imagine. You know what I mean? But, you know, they, they were not able to balance the inside, you know, in, in different ways, obviously. But, but I think that, um, if I can do a very tiny little bit to, help someone else go, hey, there's a guy I see that is doing something awesome and he feels like that too. Um, you know, it's a little bit helpful, but I'm amazed at how calm I feel despite what our schedule for the next three weeks looks like. You know what I mean? Our schedule is is objectively a shit show for mm-hmm. the next three weeks. Yeah. Next week, we have three different cars, three different days, and each time it's two hours each way to get to the car and it's three different locations. We have to go to San Diego Tuesday and then come back. Button Willow Wednesday and come back. Willow Springs Thursday and then come back. Yeah. 
That is objectively a shit show of driving. And my girlfriend's out of town all week, and I am oh, have fuck, to figure out really? sitters for the dog. Yeah. Oh shit! But well, I will. I mean, I if will. you can, yeah, yeah. If you can, if not, I'll drive all those awesome cars by myself. But I know you want to come. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I can bring him to, to Willow Springs. He'll hang out. We got the Defender. We could bring him. We could I thought about that, but I think he'd be in the back seat just doing this. Well, the whole time in yeah, the I mean, we could, uh, we, I mean, we, could, we could bring them. I mean, I don't, I don't see why we couldn't bring them. Like, it's not like we're going indoors. No, no, but if we're doing the off-roading thing, if we're doing Rower. We're not doing off-roading. What are we doing with the Defender? That's not, no, the Defender is just our transport. Defender is this Friday. Right. I'm talking about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week. Tuesday, we're going to San Diego. We're driving Steve Maxwell-built a 500 horsepower DeLorean. We're gonna actually going to try the world's, what is actually the world's fastest DeLorean. Uh, Wednesday is Maserati MC20 at but no 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 Wednesday's, no, Wednesday's KW. KW Wednesday's at KW. Right. Uh, I guess we're trying a bunch of different vehicles that KW has at Buttonwillow. Um, and then Thursday That's is Lamborghini. No Thursday is Lamborghini Huracan STO at Willow Springs. MC20 is the following week. Oh right. MC20 okay. is uh, at Willow Springs the next. The next Wednesday, That's I think. a good, fast week. Yeah, we got a bunch of shit. Steve Maxwell, who you guys may or may not have heard of, I drove his. I drove a car on a, my old show, Tuned, that was a twin-turbo Ferrari 348 Challenge that I should have bought when I could have. Remember, it fucking went for sale. It was $110,000. Yeah. And I could have fucking bought it. And it's bananas. Bananas! That, there it is, yellow... Uh, it was calling fast. It a, calling it a TB Oof. is not uh, not accurate, but yeah. it's a 348 Challenge Twin Turbo, and this guy Steve Maxwell built it. He just built a DeLorean, which has a modified uh, Kia Stinger GT engine in it, the Twin Turbo V6, making 500 horsepower, and they just put 3,000 miles on it. They drove it to Pebble Beach. Ooh, so it yeah. works. So, so it's sorted it, out. It, it allegedly uh, works. Um, Isn't it? The, is this the owner owned by Lamber fucking Guinea? It is owned yeah. by Lamber fucking Guinea. That's the the Instagram of the owner, which I think might be pri a private Instagram. But um, yeah, he hit me up and he said I could have a go. Steve also built a Starlet, I believe, with a Busa engine in the back. I was trying to arrange it driving uh, with his son. I think was running his Instagram, but I wasn't able to get down there. This uh, guy's real drive fucking nuts. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, he hit me up, and uh, I was really excited uh, at what he was doing, and and I think it should be. Uh, I mean, how could it not be a really good time? I mean, it should be fucking nuts. I mean, yeah. What, what now? What if it's the perfect DeLorean? Are you? Do you think you'll have regret? You're like, fuck! I should have just swapped my car. No, you know it. why? Because he'll tell me how much it costs to build, yeah. and I'll go, yeah, maybe not. And it still has the <laughs> the frame is still like an X, right? Unless he braced the hell. Yeah, out of it. I will. We have to figure out exactly what he did with the chassis. Speaking of which, um, the French guy from Hyperdrive who had the Charger, Alex. Uh, Oh, different French. Um, what's his name? Not, no, right, not, right. yeah, the other French guy. Weren't there two French guys? Yes. He built a DeLorean drift car that's front-engined. You hear that? Front-engine DeLorean. What, I what can't remember his there? fucking name. It seems like it would have room. What the fuck was that? Oh, yeah. Uh, it, well, there's a trunk up there, but, oh, but he put, it's a drift car, and it's got, it, you, I, could, I saw the doors open. It's got a, a full cage. So I'm guessing... Um, what the fuck was that guy's name? Alexandre Alexander Claudin. Yes, that was him. And yeah, DeLorean. Yeah, Alexander Claudin. And it's got a, I think it's an LS uh, in the front. 
and it <laughs> fucking drift car. Oh, man, and it, that you can is see when rad. they when, you, when they open the doors, there's mad bars. I mean, obviously because there normally there would be a fucking Y for a, a chassis down the middle of the car. So you see the cage. You can see Whoa. the cage there. And he did a, these over fenders. I love this. I love this Hell guy. Hell yes. I love this guy, and I love what he's doing. Uh, shout out to the the fan that sent me uh, sent me this on Instagram. So yeah, he's got. Here's the video on Instagram. I mean, you can see it's got a full full cage. cage. Yeah, this and is so sick. I'm guessing that they. So the way a DeLorean is built is there's a this Y frame piece of shit chassis that's shared with the first Gen Esprit. Mm-hmm. They then put a fiberglass. It's like a mold. It's 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 like it, it's a structure that's made of fiberglass that they then hang the stainless steel panels on. Okay, so I'm guessing they either modified the fiberglass in very very extensively mm-hmm. to work with a cage, or they they made a mold out of it and sort of developed a completely new understructure right. that would allow the panels to hang on. I mean, I mean it, it doesn't look like, wonky. It looks it, normal. I it, mean, it looks like it, the panels fit. You know, if it's not like trying to be a competitive car, with enough subframe connectors and tubing, you can do a lot. I mean, that's how, yeah. you know, Hotchkiss and uh, Detroit Speed, that's how people have made muscle cars turn okay right. or well right. for a long, long time. You just right. add metal wherever there's room right. and then bolt it together. Right. I mean, the way this is, I wouldn't drive this without a helmet on, obviously, because the fucking halo bars, you die in yeah. two, two seconds. But Ooh. And I don't think... I don't think this is intended to be a, a competition vehicle. No, it's just awesome. It's just awesome. It's, just it's a awesome. demo drift vehicle. But like his other car was a fucking charger, so it's not like he was, you know, it's not like he was running Formula D in that. Yeah, it's, I mean, that know. thing's thirty feet long. Yeah. Wow. And, and in hyperdrive, he drove the shit out of that car. He did. Um, and and to to uh, to his credit, I mean, you know, I I said that it's I said that it's basically impossible to uh, to to do a DeLorean like this. Um, not saying that nobody could, but just that like it would be diminishing returns unless you're trying to do something crazy and you know whatever. So good for Alexander Claudin. Yeah. Um, which is uh, you could follow him on Instagram. It's it's Alexandre, Alexand- not Alexander, Alexandre, uh, C L A U D I N, and uh, what a what a fucking cool guy. Very cool. Yeah, I can't cool wait. I can't wait to see the thing in action. I mean, just on yeah. uh, the little bit of Instagram clips here, it, it seems like it it does the things. It definitely. I mean, a lot of pictures doing burnouts. I'm trying to find a video of it, but I can't. But man, it does look awesome. And the the wheel color is cool. It's like a teal, and these are like pink graphics yeah. all over it. It's uh, it stands it stands out more than a DeLorean uh even already does. Yeah, and I haven't I haven't seen any any photos of what is in the back. I mean, you know, obviously there's going to be a diff, but like, you know, you've got a whole empty engine bay uh, back there. Is this, I think this is the cockpit, yeah. That is the cockpit, yeah, yeah. It's got, it has the stock gauge cluster. It has the stock center tunnel. It does not have a stock pedal box. Uh, the shifter is, substi- is that a handbrake or a shifter? Both. Oh, next, next to, to each other? other. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to see from back here. Yeah, they're moved probably 10 inches further back. Um, from where the original was, and it also, yeah. So I wonder yeah. if it's probably T fifty six then, right? Is, I, something like is that. The linkage is way back on them. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's. Wow. Oh, and they put. Oh, oh, cool. He put the he put the uh, Back to the Future uh, light bars up there. I bet those wow. were auxiliary gauges. The windshield's already small enough. If, but, you, made, yeah. if you made those as auxiliary gauges, that would be cool. That'd and be does really he have cool. a fucking bar running down the center of the windshield too, or is that a light on the outside of the car? That's a light. Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a. That's a full cage. Uh, but fucking yeah. good for him. That looks awesome. Wow. <laughs> I would love to have a go in that. I bet I'd be fucking kick Let's ass. go to France. 
TC so the one, but the one Maxwell built is is a oh it's got ladder bars on the side, yeah. trellis frame. So yeah, I mean they probably just hacked the shit out of the fiberglass thing and just reinforced it where possible with uh, good for them. But the one Maxwell's dot is the, it's the engines in the rear, uh, longitudinally mounted V6 twin turbo and horsepower numbers in the I think the middle fives. Wow, it should go like a oh motherfucker. My God. <laughs> it's not a very heavy car, is it? It feels heavy, pounds. but yeah, it's light. It feels heavy because it has it's no power steering, soft as an old banana, and has shit brakes, and the the inputs were just very clunky. Yeah, it's, it's it wasn't it's not heavy, it's light. It's it, just it clunky. just moves slowly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like an old jockey. Yeah, I'm super stoked to drive. This should be fucking awesome. Cool. And then we're doing the uh, the Lamborghini STO, which is the I mean, I guess it's the final. Hur- it's got. It's got to be the final Huracan, right? How Probably. Many, how many more Huracans could they do it for this? It's basically. Well, I mean, it's Lamborghini. They could, you know. Right. That's they can point. stretch a story. Good point. They'll turn it into a. They'll do a a Jalpa reissue. <laughs> it's got the. Oh my God! It has the. Uh, this is. Oh, wait, I mean, I, I believe that else. this car is the. I think that this is the homologation car for racing. For. An actual series of racing because they they make a bunch of those like special one-off track cars the that Super can, Trofeo that can race only in certain like a made-up class. But is it, if this is for Super Trofeo, because well, Super Trofeo is its own thing, like Ferrari Challenge. But I think they can race in GT4. Okay, maybe I think it's GT4. I'm fucking bad at racing. <laughs> I'm not good at racing, and I haven't read the press brief on this yet. I'm pretty sure. That it is, it's you know the most track focused. Yeah, STO stands for Super Trofeo Homologata. So my Omologata. science is sound. That yeah. means homologation in, uh, in, in. So Man, I cool. think it's the homologation street car for the racing car, and uh, and it should be a good time. Yes, it should be a, should real be good a pretty time. fucking good time. They probably won't give you one to drift on the skid pad. Uh, probably this time, not, like no. you did the last time you were at Willow. Yeah, but the wow. um, but the. Uh, all them folks that it said after I wrote that Countach piece that Lamborghini would never invite me on anything else can eat a fucking dick. Because it took about a week for them to call and say, would you like to drive this car? Well, because, I mean, and, and kudos to them, but what people don't understand is, like, you weren't saying Lamborghini as a whole is terrible. No. It was like, My this car was is completely defensible. But all the other cars you've driven are good. Yeah. And that's what's annoying about this one <laughs> yeah. is that it's not good or original. Yeah. And the guy and the Lamborghini guy was like, "Look, you have a Countach. You can fucking say whatever you want about the new Countach. What are we? Gonna, what are we going to tell you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you get a you get a pass. Matt, where's this coming from? You get a pass on Countaches. <laughs> so um, that's exciting. Yeah. And then, and then and then the week after that, Maserati MC20. That is, I'm really excited it for that. It looks really good. It looks awesome. It's over 600 horsepower. You know, mid engine. Um, it's it's that that is an exciting car. I mean, that's a like. It it looks like I, exactly like I want a Maserati sports car 100%. to look. Percent, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, like, Maserati has always kind of like gotten most of the way. You know what I mean? But this is like, oh shit! It's got like MC12 influence. It's there's got some 918 in some there. Some some Ferrari. Yeah. I see there's some Lotus influence. Um, it's a beautiful car. Looks good. Really beautiful car. Yes. It's it's a nice mix of edges and round curves. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's very exciting. Kind of like an F-type headlight, actually, now that I look at it. But that's Oh, the headlight does problem. look like an F-type headlight. Yeah. Yeah, but it works well with the snout. I don't. I, I think that's a good it's good design over, overall. I agree. And it, I love the shape of the door. If it... If it looks this good in person, which I can't imagine it wouldn't, uh, it seems like a car that has timeless design, whereas some of their other cars recently, they age a bit. And you're like, oh, okay, that was that era. You can kind of define it, but um, this looks really good. 
I was just watching a uh, the movie The Lincoln Lawyer. It's a movie I like. Matthew McConaughey, uh, Ryan Philippe. It's like a, a, a law movie it's drama. White guys with books. That's what that's. About. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, We're going to sweat roll up but, our sleeves. But this, it's an old movie. Like it's that's from right. it's from at least ten years ago. And yeah. uh, and Ryan Philippe is driving. Uh, a Maserati Gran Turismo as as like the new dope shit. And how old is this movie? Twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah, and that is a good looking car. I think. It is, I like but the like it's, car, they yeah. still make it. They do. They <laughs> still like, do. Yeah, and, it, and it came out in 09, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, so they have they have a long life cycle. Oh, it seems like uh, Rotten Tomatoes eighty three percent. I like the Lincoln Lawyer. Lincoln Lawyer is good. It's a good movie. Legal, thr- legal thrillers. Legal are, are thrillers. Fun. Yeah, yeah they, you feel like yeah. you're learning. You're not. No, but, you're but not. I'm not exciting. learning anything. A lot of people get angry. Yeah, it's good. Oh, speaking of uh, legal, not did he drive a Lincoln in the Lincoln lawyer? No, a fan, a fan uh, called me out on the gram when I was talking about um, celebrities escaping to, te- to Texas. I said property taxes were lower, and that's why people were escaping California, Texas. Mm-hmm. That is incorrect. Oh, it's income taxes. Oh, okay, it's the income taxes. The property taxes. I don't. It's it's somewhere in the middle. It's washed, but but the income taxes is the difference. Got that's it. that's yeah. why that's why you want to escape to Texas. So right. So rightfully called out. I was I was sloppy with my words. Because Joe there. Rogan's house didn't change value. Right. <laughs> that's why he left the exactly. city. But, but yeah. his. Yeah. His pay stub did. Right, right. So that's, uh, uh, I stood. I stand corrected there. I, rec- I respect that I have a lot of people that listen, and it's important uh, when I am corrected to, mm-hmm. to acknowledge Absolutely. The, the correction. We do a lot of talking here. Not all of it will be perfect. So if you have a correction, I'm absolutely happy to listen to it as long as you don't come at me in a super fucking condescending tone. Literally, I'm happy to hear your corrections. Just don't write me an email like a shitbag. Yeah, just ask the question or st- or make the statement. Just as say, if hey, man, person. I heard you say this, but that's not true. It's actually because of this. That's fine. Oh, shit, my bad. Thanks for letting me know. But, so you know, people's, people don't choose their – people in telling me to choose my words carefully sometimes don't choose their words carefully. The problem of the internet. Someone says Texas has zero state income tax. Yeah, so that that's why. Yep. So, yeah, California – just so you know, top income bracket, 37% federal, 13% state, 3% city. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's Just, 53. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then there's payroll taxes, so which are 5% if you're getting paid on a payroll. So you could be paying 58% top income bracket here. Yeah. So yeah, if you're Joe Rogan, you could double your money by moving to fucking Texas. Yep. If you're Elon Musk and you're collecting a big salary, you could sell all your houses in California, keep your fucking Gulfstream, <laughs> tell everybody you live in a prefab in a city that you own in Texas, and not pay any income taxes either. So, correction, correction, correction. Um, what else do we need to talk about? I uh, just got dropped off the two-door Defender. I've only driven it for about 20 minutes. Um my immediate reaction to it compared to the two-door Bronco that we just had, this one is a first edition, mm-hmm. so it's got a, it's it's pretty loaded up with stuff. Um, I think spec for spec, the two-door Defender is about eight to nine thousand dollars more than the equivalent Bronco. Okay, and I think that if that budget is not a big deal to you, it is a nicer car. 
it's it's just nicer, meaning feels a little more solid and tight. Granted, the, the doors and the roof don't come off, uh, you know, so there's that. So it's not exactly, you know, a spec for spec. But the materials are a little nicer. The powertrain is a little yeah. slicker. You know, everything is a little slicker. And the, I'd say the interior design is almost like the, the fancier grown-up version of the Bronco. Right. Like there's some similar shapes and textures in there. Yeah. But the you Defender just looks on the screen, by the way. This looks nicer. It's, it's, more, it's, more, uh, it's more refined, for sure. Things are softer, you know. Um, it has This one has a canvas rollback sunroof. Uh, that's like pretty Like old school. It's right. pretty cool. I'm kind of into it. You know what else it has? A center front row seat. Oh, so wow. the armrest folds, folds up, up and that's a seat for, for the little so you kid. So you could do three across. Uh, did you? How was the wind noise with that soft top? Um, did you get to experience I, that? No, okay. I've only driven it just around here. Okay. Well, that'll be part of our review. Um, although when it's closed, um, it it it, it, it like, feels the, Bron- the Bronco is noisy. Bronco is really loud. noisy. And on the highway, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I haven't been on the highway yet. Okay. We'll we'll evaluate. We'll find out. But it, it seems it's so far it seems. Pretty nice. I will say, um, it's a little the the process of folding the seat forward. It's like to get someone in the back. You, it's two separate processes. You have to press a thing that slides it forward mm-hmm. and then pull the handle. That's annoying. But. Which is not as bad as going the other way because the other way you have to hold the button until really? it moves all the way back. It doesn't just automatically return to where That's it was. Surprising. There's so many other companies where you just when you pull that lever in the back, yeah. it automatically activates the motor to go forward. There might be a setting I haven't found. Okay. I've only done a light amount of playing, so don't take that one as gospel just yet because I have only done a little bit of playing. Um, but, you know, it's got the, the bigger motor. It feels quick. The turning radius of the two-door is awesome. Yeah, you know, you it just, is nice. It's, it's real nice. And I'm excited to, to take it on the trail. I think it looks great. Um, and it's 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 comfortable. It's, it's got lots super of maneuverable. Yeah, it should be, it should do great on the trail. Yeah. I don't I don't see why it, I wouldn't do awesome on the trail. I mean, the four door uh, was awesome on the trail. I definitely had to eat my foot with the looks on these because I remember the press photos. I didn't like them, and when I saw the first one in metal, the proportions looked better. Mm-hmm. It just like you see the curve, the way the light reflects, and the two door looks really cool. I think the two door looks great. If I if I didn't really need the back seat all the time, the the two door has substantially smaller trunk than the four door. That's the other thing. Of course. But if I didn't yeah. need the back seat all the time, because like I, I tried, I put an adult back there. You can do it. Yeah. Like you, a six foot adult can fit back there. You just if, can't hold that much stuff in the trunk. You can't if that do it all. Back there. Yeah, you can't yeah. do it all. So um, I'm excited to have a go on that. It should be great. Um, you're driving the Ridgeline this week. I am. What's that I about? Have been. Uh, you know, it's one of the the Pract trucks. It's like a, it's a city truck, kind of competes with the Hyundai Santa Cruz. It's a truck that starts if you're actually honest with yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. It's if you need a vehicle that will carry things that you don't want to put in an interior, like dirty stuff or bikes or wood or whatever, but you know that you are not carrying thousands of pounds in the truck or towing. It, the max towing on that is five thousand. Like if you know if you know yourself and you are really honest about what you do with a vehicle and what your life looks like, and you like the utilitarian uh, the, the utility of a truck, but you know that there are limits to it, it's a very good vehicle. Like it rides like a crossover. It's got independent suspension, I believe. And it's basically a, a pilot with a bed, right? Exactly, it's yeah. a pilot with a bed. So it feels like a pilot with a bed. It feels like any modern you know uh, unibody SUV, and it rides nice. It's pretty quiet. Um, the Hyundai Santa Cruz, I think, rides a little bit nicer and definitely feels lighter and more agile. Part of that is due to the alignment. It's yeah. also a wider track. Um, 
the Honda, this Honda feels aged a little bit. I mean, it just it just does. I mean, I drove. I didn't. I won't. Re- I can't review the Ridge Line because ethically, Honda paid me to do an Instagram activation at the Detroit Auto Show. Fucking God, it must have been six years ago when this thing first came out. Mm-hmm. A long time ago. But I was paid to talk about this car. So I, I've never driven one. I, I can't really review one, and I won't review one because of ethical reasons. But I did drive the Pilot, and I reviewed And this, I did it with Thaddeus. That's how long ago this was. Wow. He's been in Dubai for five years. And I remember thinking five years ago, this feels a little old, even then. Yeah, it, it feels like... It doesn't feel like it's moving any balls forward mm. or bars upward, you know. It, whereas the the Santa Cruz feels like a modern modern car. You're like this rides and handles like we've come to expect of a lifted vehicle of an SUV. Where you're like, why is it so nimble? Why mm. is it so quiet? It's like silent. This does. It feels like okay. It feels like it's 3.5 V6. It's Honda's is this workhorse still six engine speed gearbox. Uh, yeah, six speed which, auto with that weird shifter in the middle. That I, I do not like. Oh, it's Actually, the weird I don't think the button and the um, buttons and the things. Yes, which are not They're good. really committed to They're that. They're not huh? good. And uh, actually, that could have been the light setting I was on, um, so I don't want to comment on that. But what I like about it is, one, there's tons of space inside, clever packaging, clever storage all over the place. Like, it's a very, very useful vehicle inside and out. Like, the trunk in the bed is awesome. The bed opens, the bed gate opens two different ways. That's brilliant. Um, there's all kinds of storage cubbies and shit. And all the buttons in the center console, because it's kind of old, are actual buttons, mm. whereas a lot of the stuff in the Hyundai Santa Cruz are the capacitive buttons, <sighs> which are annoying, right? Yeah, so, good. again, this is like a point to the Ridgeline in terms of just usability and probably reliability and function. Like, if you're wearing gloves or whatever, it's just easier to hit that stuff. And I just, I don't, I don't know what the reliability is of capacitive buttons, so I can't see either way. But Why it just are we feels okay too with capacitive advanced. buttons on like the Macan and the, like the Panamera? Why? Are they just like they're more separated and like easier to find? Um, I think part of it is the placement when they're on that angled tablet. Mm-hmm. It's easier to go down than out. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. You know, on that. the dashboard. Could, yeah. But I also. But also, those, I think those capacitive buttons are not buttons that you press. It's not to find a radio. It's, exactly. It's, it, you're changing a suspension mode or something like that. You don't do that like really on the fly that often, you know? Right. Yeah. If it's. If it's a feature that I don't use very often, yeah, a nine-speed automatic uh, correction. Um, if it's a feature you don't use uh, very often, then sure, like it looks stylish. I do. It does look more futuristic, and they needed to do something to sell a new car versus right. an old one. But when it's like uh, the temperature control or the volume, yeah. or as Camisa recently pointed out in his uh, talk about the, the GTI. Um, your HVAC controls are not lit up. They're not lit at all, even at night, and they're all capacitive. So it's like something you I'm operate sorry, all the time what? that you can't find. Yeah, that's a big, that's Wait, a big oversight. What, what do you they're, mean they're not lit? They're not backlit. So what happens when it's dark? I don't know. Come on. I don't. That, watch his video on uh, on Haggerty. You can't see how to adjust the yeah. fucking HVAC at night. Yeah, that can't be right. I, have to, I mean, I, I believe Camisa, yeah. but like that's got to be a mistake. Like it, with the car, that can't maybe. be right. Yeah, maybe, maybe the vehicle had an fu- error. Who would let that kind of UI out the door? Uh, Elon Musk. Who else would have let that kind of UI out the door? <laughs> now you're just <laughs> now you're just going after him all the time. Um, well, he has a fucking. He's got a couple targets. Yeah. There's a couple things. There's um, a couple things in the UI. I just I like these trucks because. They're just practical. Like if you don't if you don't need the full three quarter ton or full size truck, if you really yeah. don't, 
It rides nice. It's it's much nicer to operate in town. And but how will they know about the size of my penis? Because you whip it out and you you hang it over the door when you roll the window. The double down. hinged. The double hinged door. Exactly. Because yeah. you coil it up in the bed. I, I like know. the I like the double hinged door. That's cool. Mm-hmm. On the tailgate. Yeah, it's really smart because you know instead of uh, if you have to load in I don't know let's say like a bag of sod you drop the tailgate you drop it on there and you got to push it forward and then lean forward and this way you just open it sideways, drop it in the bed, close the door. Yeah. You don't have to do the slide thing and scuff up the the, um, the liner or risk tearing a bag of something or whatever. It just, yeah. it makes sense. And that, the trunk in it is fucking huge. Like the, Un- it's the underneath trunk the, under bed, the bed, right? Yeah. You could fit a, lo- you could fit our big Thule duffel bag, like one of those totally stuffed would go mm-hmm. in there. I mean, it's oh, a pretty, cool. it's like a one by one foot or one and a half by one foot. You know, it's a deep, big cooler type that's thing. That's cool. Can you use it as a cooler? Yeah, it's got a drain plug it's in the done. bottom like they all do, which makes tons of sense because why yeah. wouldn't you just drill a hole in the bottom of this plastic thing? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. We need to, at some point, use the Mach-E frunk as a cooler. Yes, we do. I have yet to put a single item in the frunk. Let's catch some fish. To put, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be a <laughs> terrible <laughs> idea. Uh, be, we need a tailgate situation. Yeah. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Well, we did a tailgate situation um, on the tailgate. We did. If we, didn't rise think, we didn't think of the, using the cooler, though. We were drinking okay. wine. It didn't need to be cold. Uh, white wine should be chilled, sir. Oh, that's a good point. But it was. It was. It and was. Then we finished it, and then it didn't need to be chilled anymore. <laughs> it didn't need to be chilled anymore. It was um, good. All right, so you're making a video at the Ridgeline. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, I guess other people like Camisa's take on the uh, on the new GTI. All right. It's a, it's a good video. Yeah. It's a very good video. We right. got a couple I got, of I questions. haven't watched it yet, but I would, I would like to. Um, this, uh, this show is going to be your last time to answer, ask Super Chat questions. Uh, mm-hmm. be, be on this show. It'll be uh, patrons asking questions only. So if you would uh, like to get in the Super Chat for the very last time, uh, let's do it. Uh, Caleb says, when will we get a special <laughs> edition ammo bottles with Larry's modeling photos on them? Oh, I wonder. I've do I them. still have them? Yes, I think do. I do, right? I've seen them. I should bring them up for, the, for this. They're at my house, aren't they? I think they're. Wasn't at my there house. a dock involved? A what? Weren't the photos taken on? They a were dock? on a dock. Yes, yes, they were taken on a dock. They were on a dock. Yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> I should fucking troll Larry with that. <laughs> That'd be really funny. He would get really mad. He's he needs to read the power of now. <laughs> he actually has. He's read it. Oh, he yeah. Did. He he's he goes, he goes bro. I've read them all. He goes. I've read them all. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything. He has no. He's, too, he's, he's got too, deep troughs in his brain. You know, the wagon yeah. wheel falls right in there. Yeah. Can't get out. Yeah, he's right. on he's on full steam ahead all the time. Yeah. Connor says, uh, what are your and Zach thoughts on the S60 and or V70R? Seems like it doesn't come up in the uh, looking for a uh, $50,000 to $20,000 all-wheel drive manual fun car questions that we often answer. Prices now seem especially high. <sighs> Here's the thing. About them, if you're talking about the old V, the old V60R, like the one Tom's parents had, yeah, yeah. great looking car, right? Great seats, great styling, um, um, cool. You know, if you want people to know you're a, a real car enthusiast without making a big deal of it, the fucking V70R is what's up. They're nice cars, right? But they don't drive as good as they look like they drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the bottom line. The bottom line is, if we're really being objective, a really well-kept BMW 335i is just a much nicer driving car. Yeah. Um, I but, remember Tom 
Tom's parents had one, and he would talk about it when he lived out here like it was amazing, the greatest thing ever for years. Yeah. And then I, I worked with him after he moved back home, and he was like, yeah, I drove the 60, and, and he just got this weird faraway look like I met my hero, and my hero wasn't great. It, you know? Yeah. It's just he had driven so many new things with us that then he had a new perspective, and he went home, and he's like, why is it so soft yeah. and so heavy, and you know, it doesn't turn in that crisply, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, look, my, my wife had the last generation um, – V6 or V70 R design with the Polestar tune, not the one with the Olin's dampers and the big brakes, but one right below that with the, you know, the 355 horsepower turbo transverse inline six. And the bottom line was for all its quote sportiness, it just didn't drive that great. I mean, even the, the Polestar one, the full Polestar one, that Olin's dampers mm. were tuned really, really well. Yep. The brakes were really, really good, but a transverse inline six is just not that great of a powertrain configuration. Um, well, and it's above the axle. Yeah, right? it's, I mean, yeah. it's a lot of weight. It's a lot yeah. of weight in the front. The gearbox was not tuned that well. Um, it, it just wasn't that responsive, and and it, it was limiting. And although my wife liked it to drive around L.A. and commute to work in, and I liked it because the seats were very good. Uh, and it, it was nice with my back. I would it, call it was them not a, my yeah. Go ahead. It's a I think it's a good car. It's not a fun car. Yeah, they're not that fun. Yeah, it's like a lot of people ask me for. They go, uh, what would you think about a fun car for twenty k? I'm looking at two thousand and one Jaguar XJRs, you know, and stuff like that, and 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 higher horsepower late model luxury sedans that are falling into people's category of fun car and the truth is there may be powerful but those kinds of cars aren't actually all that fun it's why i tell people not to buy mercedes sl 600s and instead to buy 500s because the 600 costs more to buy costs more to run costs more to insure costs more to fix and and in the way that you're driving an SL 95% of the time around town and on the high. You're not taking an SL to a track day. Right, right. It's a slush box. Fucking thing is never going to go over 3,000 RPM. It's the same. So that's the thing. Cool, but not fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, Surf Nut says it's the last time I can say sometimes I poop a lot. It's not. You can join our Patreon at, at uh, patreon.com slash the Smoking Tire Podcast. And you can say you poop a lot every single live show. Um, Dual 0911, uh, is there a way to interact with the show or guests in advance via Patreon? For example, take a look at the schedule and preload a question. Yes. In fact, the question, can't they? No. Uh, I don't know. I when you post the live show link. Mm hmm. Ahead of time, is there a comments on that? I believe there's a comment thing on that. It, that is not a not a piece of it I have looked into. Okay, um, uh, we'll look into that. We'll look into that. We're, yeah. Ideally, the ideally yes. When the the you could post starting when we post that there will be a show. I, ideally, I think so. Uh, Grayson recommends the Little Big Book of Change. I will check that out. Thanks, Grayson. Uh, I will uh, add that to my uh, to my list. Thank you very much. Um, Kurt says opinions on the Forester XT, two thousand four to two thousand eight. The ones I've driven, I like those. I've liked. Yeah, uh, I've driven a few different ones. You can go find videos of ones I've I've driven in a variety of modified tunes. I mean, it's a Subaru, so it's a Lego set. So it's a lifted uh, uh, STI and yeah. WRX. 
Yeah. So a bunch of stuff that, you know, room for mods, whether you wanted to lift, make it higher, make it lower, yep. make it faster, make it louder. Um, and, and, you know, they drive reasonably well. I mean, and 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 the ones we see here in Southern California that are modified are pretty cool. Totally. You know, I, I I'm I'm much if I see a cool modified Forester, I'm looking at that twice. Whereas if I see a modified WRX, uh, you know, it's not even getting a second glance for me. Yeah. You know, so people I, Safari I'm, out. Looks seems like a real good. Time. Yeah. I'm pro Forester, and I'm definitely pro Turbo Forester. Yes. That, yeah. The XT. That's the. Good yeah. One. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, S Nair says, uh, "Are we driving the Blackwing model soon? I would like to. I have emails into General Motors. Um, hopefully, we can get them. We're not going to be able to get them in September. Hopefully, uh, October, November." Uh, we'll be having a, a the Blackwing. Uh, oh. Next, uh, MB is Frenchy. Thank you for your donation. Um, Michael Fernandez, thoughts on the Raptor versus all other off-road cars? Well, that's a big question. Raptors are good at desert running. Um, they're good at fire roads. They're good at desert uh, dunes. They're good at whoops and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of trails that we do. Um, that I that I've done in in the woods. There's trails we've done that are narrower. I mean, the, totally. the downside of a Raptor, it's big and heavy and wide. Um, like when we when we filmed the Bronco for Haggerty, we had a Raptor camera car, Fraser's mm-hmm. camera car, and when we got there. We're like, all right, you know, here's our. It's got a black arm. It's a big like hinge system on the back. And they said, well, you can't bring that on the trail. And we thought at first, well, that's because they don't want to have a Raptor competing or in a shot with the Bronco or whatever. And as soon as we got on the trail, we're like, that thing wouldn't fit. Yeah. That thing wouldn't fit for fuck all. Like right. it's too wide, yeah. too long. It doesn't have the turning radius, etc. Yeah. They're not good for that. Downsides of Raptor are incredibly superficial. You can see them. It's enormous. You know what I mean? Same yeah, goes true. for TRX. You know, TRX, it's fucking, and we have one here. It's huge. It's huge. They're not good for towing either because the suspension is right. soft. Light things, sure, but I towed a closed car trailer with that once and it was just, it was squatted back like a pre-runner shock. Yeah. It's, the shocks aren't meant for that. Right. Um, so, you know, um, versus, I don't know about versus all other off-road vehicles, but but Wranglers and Broncos and Defenders and even, you know, Toyota Land Cruisers, you know, a Land Cruiser's like eight, nine inches narrower than a fucking Raptor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Raptors are enormous. And so in a big, wide open desert, no problem. On a big, wide open fire road, no problem. But that's not everywhere. And that's not what everybody's doing. So the, the downsides are just that it's, it's fucking huge. And the turning radius of Raptors is not good. No. It's just not. Uh, certainly not compared to what we just experienced with the two-door Bronco oh, with the locking inside wheel. I mean, that shit fucking pirouettes like a motherfucker. Right, it's like having your foot hammered into the yeah. ground with a nail. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like hopping around in a circle. Yeah, right. it's perfect. <laughs> uh, Doug Horn says, what is the most trivial feature or option you've ever considered buying a car for? Hmm. For me, it's currently the color denim blue on the latest vehicle, on the latest Beetle. Um... Well, I've never actually bought a car but because of this, but um, the Aston Martin V12 Vantage S I drove that had the sneaker interior, mm-hmm. the materials were like, it was like a sweatshirt and a sneaker, and I was like, this is the fucking shit. It was hot. I, not, not literally, right, right. figuratively. It was very dope. It felt very casual but classy. Um, I've only ever seen it on the press cars. I've never seen an actual customer car that had it. It was fucking cool. Uh, I would Rolls say Rolls Royce Star Starfield Star- ceiling. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. 
That's that makes you go. I I just should save more money. Yeah, the Starfield ceiling, especially now, because they'll do any Starfield. It's not general. They'll do the stars above your house. Yeah. They'll do your constellation, and they will even include shooting stars, animated shooting stars. That's amazing. Which is the gest shit ever. And if you've never been in a Rolls that has a Starfield ceiling, which I'm guessing is almost everybody, it's truly amazing. <laughs> It's really fucking cool. It is. Cool. It looks really, really cool. And it's so silly and so unnecessary. Yeah. But it's a great way to squeeze a bunch more money out of yeah. people. And it does look nice. Yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, Cricket versus Finn updates. Cricket's getting bigger and is fighting back, uh, is learning how to fight a little bit. But Cricket and Nikki are really getting along well and snuggle a lot and clean each other. The, gir- te- the girls the girls are doing well. Yeah, I should uh, I'll, I should upload another uh, Finn and Cricket fight the next time I, I see one. They're getting fucking they're getting heavy. I mean they don't it's play yeah. still, yeah, but yeah. like they're the battles are definitely getting more even. Even though Finn is like sixteen pounds and Cricket's probably seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Fit, Cricket's hilarious. She's a hilarious cat. Uh, Noah McDonald thoughts on. Biofuels. Uh, I have an 87 Mark II diesel that runs on used vegetable oil. Cool. And I think it's a shame that biofuels are not more common. I like a biofuel. Yeah, I mean, it smells good. Here in California, um, we see a lot of vintage Mercedes that have biodiesel. You know, it's got the, it says, it says like 240D diesel and people add the, the bio to the mm-hmm. badge. Um, you know, Schwarzenegger's got these Hummers that run on a whole bunch of different shit. Um, it's cool. Yeah, I remember watching it. Horsepower TV years ago, and they, Stacy Keach, like, he built a biodiesel, you know, uh, refinery in his garage. Mm-hmm. Like, you could order a kit with a tank, and you put the oil in and all that stuff. It was really cool. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know, other than having a mini refinery in your garage, like, I don't know where you'd get it. I don't know. I don't know where to, where do I get fucking veggie oil fuel? I have no idea. I, I would imagine in California someone sells it, but I think I the reason you don't Google see it more is because there's only, there's like a finite amount of vegetable oil that is available in yeah. a city and not enough of it. You couldn't make enough biodiesel to like run every car in the city. Right. Not, there's not enough French fries being sold. I, I, there was a guy who lived in, in my neighborhood back in the day who had a business going around to restaurants, collecting their vegetable oil for free, their fryer, and turning it into biofuel and, and selling it. It seemed like he had a good business going. Um, I lost I lost touch with him, but okay, here we go. Let's see. Los Angeles biodiesel supply. It looks like there's a few different places, uh, downtown area that you could get biofuel. Uh, yeah. Geo green it. biofuels, yeah. Not much on the west side, uh, but it does seem like yeah, it seems like if you Google it, there are a few places in L.A. to get it. I mean, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, Dusty Summit. Have I run into anyone else stuck on the sand in Venice Beach lately? Um, there's an Instagram account, uh, Beach Bozos, on Instagram, which is focused exclusively on that lot. Uh Interesting uh, tidbit. Yeah, this guy, Beach Bozos, lives next to the lot. How, what is that one from? How recent is the most recent post? This is uh, July 22nd. Wow. <laughs> That's the same lot. Here's a guy digging out his Tacoma. <laughs> These fucking assholes. Uh, interesting tidbit about the beach, about the lot. Uh, the uh, There's a scene of the Lincoln lawyer filmed right in front of that. I watched it the other day. Did Matthew get stuck in his continental? No, Matthew's, uh, plus, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, uh, earmuffs if you want to watch The Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, see, oh, go to the uh, second row middle photo. 
uh, a murder scene happens in the apartment building directly behind that uh, stuck whatever it is. And so they pull out, they pull back on a crane shot over this the fucking lot where the beach bozos. <laughs> what is that car that was stuck? Is that uh, a Saab 94X? Get the fuck out of here. Is that a so- an actual Saab? A Saab SUV, how about that? I think that's a 94X. Hand real quick. <laughs> so yeah, follow Beach Bozos on Instagram if you want to see all the assholes getting fucking stuck in that lot. <laughs> um... Who is D? How do I think DN feels about the new S class? Who's DN? Is that the old name for? Is that Drive Nation, which was the name of the intercooler before they changed it to intercooler? That's the only thing I can what? guess. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what that means. I don't know Mango. Someone. I don't know Mango. I don't know who DN is. Neither um, I. The new S class looks pretty nice, though. Yeah, I'd like to try one. Interior looks quite fancy. Siwa Bachmeyer. When uh, did my family immigrate to the U.S.? Um, my, <laughs> I like the second part. If you'd rather not comment, I have questions on first-gen Miata prices. <laughs> totally my, unrelated uh, questions. <laughs> my, uh, my grandfather uh, came, my, on my father's side, my grandfather came to the U.S. in the very early 1900s uh, as a child. Um, not a child. I guess a young man. When was my grandfather born? I think my grandfather was born in like 1910 or thereabouts, and he came to the U.S. as a child with his his parents. My father never his my father's grandparents died before he was born. Wow! So um, he never met them. My mo- let's see my my great grandmother on my mother's side. Uh, same thing came uh, my my father uh, my grandfather my father's side came from Syria my mother's side same uh, escaped the pogroms remember the pogroms it was a pre-holocaust uh, persecution of Jews in what was called Russia Poland the at the time yeah okay uh, pre-World War One right before World War One and uh, they were from a town called Vilnius which I believe is in Lithuania now um, and actually, I'm related to a. It's V I L N I U S. Yeah, I think I think it's in. Lith- it's the capital of Lithuania. So this shows you how much I fucking know about it. Um, my my great grandmother was related uh, to a very famous rabbi in Vilnius. And when my grandmother and my aunt went to Vilnius and took a tour, uh, you know, Jewish historical whatever tour, they told the tour guide. Who this rabbi was? There and the tour guide like shit themselves. Like, oh my god, you're a descendant. Of, you're related to, to rabbi whatever the fuck, you know. And like lost her fucking mind. And they took him to the guy's grave. Wow. And his grave is fucking legit in Vilnius. Has a, a huge memorial to this guy. Wow. Yeah. So, so early 1900s. I I don't know any. I don't speak fucking Hebrew, Yiddish, or Arabic. <laughs> I've never fucking met any of my family that did. My grandmothers both spoke Yiddish. Um, Me too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Uomi one, yeah, says, uh, my sideburns were the most jarring thing about that Daytona video. Yeah, the sideburns were really a thing for a while. Yeah. They were, they were, they were cool when they were cool. Uh, Addison Hammond is thinking about getting uh, groomsmen a watch as a gift. What are your recommendations for something nice but on a bit of a budget since I have to buy five of them? Tough challenge because... 
what I would spend $500 on for a watch is a Seiko diver. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't – a Seiko diver isn't what I would wear with a suit to a wedding. So it, it, do you want to give them something that they're going to be wearing at the wedding? Or do you want to give them something that is a, a gift but not necessarily something that they wear to the wedding? If, if, if the former – if you want them to wear it to the wedding – um, I'd still be in the Seiko family. Uh, the Presage line, Seiko Presage, uh, the Seiko or the Seiko Cocktail Time, as it's called, is a great watch that works with a suit. Um, uh, if you just Google Seiko Cocktail Time, that's a nice, a really nice piece. Yeah, there oh, we yeah. go. Four hundred dollars. Seiko Presage comes in a bunch of different uh, colors, and it's got a beautiful dial. Uh, it's a, it's a dressier watch, very high quality for the price. Um, and they come in, yeah, like I said, different colors, and those are work with a suit, and you could customize it with a cool strap. You know, you get if you can get you get like five matching straps, they were they would kind of work. Um, otherwise, you know, Seiko turtle, like I'm, I'm walking rocking a turtle right now. If you want to do something cool, if they know the favorite color of each of those groomsmen, you could get them a strap that it, is their, in their favorite own color. color. So yeah, different. that could be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for f- the five hundred dollar price point is I get asked about a lot. You can't beat a Seiko. I mean, you just can't for that kind of price point. Um, and so that's that's what I would do. Either the 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 cocktail time we just showed on the screen, the Alpinist Alpinist is mm-hmm. a, is a great Seiko watch. That's a little it's versatile enough to be sporty, but also would look good with a suit. Or if you don't care if they're wearing it to the wedding, dive Seiko diver turtle or uh, Seiko five diver, love it. Uh, long block. Uh, what are your expectations of the new Z? Expectations? It's a, um, I mean, I bet it's going to be real fast because it's got turbos now. And, yeah. you know, the chassis will probably feel familiar, but I bet the suspension tuning will be a little bit better because suspension technology has advanced since the 370Z. Yeah, I mean, I think it should be nice. Like, I, I think when the 350 was new and when the 370 was new, I liked them. Mm-hmm. They're know? great to drive. They were nice to drive. Yeah. yeah, I mean they weren't they weren't perfect. Um, I've since driven some 350s with certain upgrades that really make them uh, really feel more alive. Yeah. Um, and I and I, I'm I have high hopes. Honestly, I, I try not to make too many comments about anything without driving it. Um, uh, assuming I, you know something like you know, I'm not going to fucking go drive that new Countach and whatever, but uh, but the but the the 400Z, yeah, we're going to have a go in that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited. It I, I like how it looks. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, twin turbo with a manual option. You know, it's going to be good. Uh, and and uh, I, I'm hopeful. Yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of expectations yet, but um, hopeful. I mean, the fact that there are more new. You know, uh, um, clean sheet design, mid-tier sports cars to buy, that's good. You know, something that I can recommend to somebody that's not either an 86, a Mustang, a Camaro, or a Cayman. You know, thank right. you. Yeah, yeah we, <laughs> you know? more competition is good. Yeah. Uh, Jason says, when are we going to come down to a Baja race? Uh, never. Never. I I would totally go. I'll go. I, mean, I don't want to go to Baja to watch racing. No. If I was going to, I did, I did Baja and I crushed my spine. That's true. <laughs> I've been there. I'd like to do both of those things. I'd like to go to Puerto Vallarta and have some cocktails. You know, I'll go to fucking, I'd go to Ensenada and party and watch the start and then be like, oh, bye guys, yeah, I'll that, see you. you know, yeah, do that. Yeah. Or go to that, um, that crazy, there's that remote, like, 
it's like a weird oasis in the middle of the desert mm-hmm. that has like no power or anything, but there's license plates everywhere, and it's like this. I remember that this place. famous I've Baja been, place. I went there. Yeah, oh, fuck, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I did go there. Yeah, there is power. They have like they have power now. Okay, they had a generator. Oh, I, mean, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if they're on the grid, but they had power. Yeah, yeah, it's, I like that stuff. Uh, Alan says ETA on the IS five hundred review. September ten, I believe. September ten, three p.m. Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an embargo on it. It's a Friday, which is terrible for Lexus. That's a stupid idea. I don't know why you'd have an embargo yeah. on a Friday you afternoon. You know what day Friends didn't air on NBC? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Simpsons. Yeah. Or Seinfeld. Yeah, it's a bum. That's a bummer. Um, Zaffer 007. I know someone with a net worth of $20 million and he'd drive a 1994 Holden Rodeo Ute. Who do you know that's rich as hell but drives a crap car? I, I, could, I immediately have somebody. Um, I'm not going to say their name. I, his name was his name was Stephen. He passed away at the end of last year of pancreatic cancer. Very very sad. At the time of his passing, he was worth over two billion dollars, and he lived in the largest stone house in North America. It's a fifty thousand square foot house made of stone. It was fucking incredible. Yeah. Uh, and and it was the father of someone who I'm very good friends with still. Um, and he drove a 2005 Ford F-150 XLT. Just base, basic wheels. And he just loved it. He had other cars. He had a, a classic Morgan. Uh, he bought a, a 64 and a half Mustang, just like the one he had back in the day. Um and his wife drove, you know, a Range Rover, and like his two kids drove, you know, relative, not like completely over the top, but but nice cars, uh, appropriate with with their level of, of of financial status. And he drove a fucking blue 05 F one fifty. Now that's not there's nothing that's not like a piece of shit, but like that's pretty basic for someone who's worth two billion dollars. Right. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. That's like one roller skate in terms of you know the ratio yeah. of wealth to car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that's the best example I've got. Uh, Brian said, uh, did the Mazda 3 hatchback uh, feel claustrophobic compared to other modern cars? Uh, it felt uh, He felt it was, but he has less reference than us. Um, I, I didn't get that vibe from it. I mean, it's a small car. Well, I think if his reference is a car from 2010, the Beltline has moved up a lot mm-hmm. in the last 11 years, so all cars are starting to feel a bit more claustrophobic. So that might be why you feel that way. Yeah. That, yeah. That's my guess. I mean, it felt it felt small, but it didn't feel smaller than other cars in that class. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, Jay John, thank you for the comment. Uh, most sports streamers I follow do both Super Chat and Patreons. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know how we would make that work because the live stream is going to be... I'm not going to... We're not going to put the live stream to Patreon only and then also do Super Chat. That would that seems greedy. Yeah, uh, so and I can only manage so many things at once. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think this may be a situation where we will figure it out as we go if, if there are big problems with the system that we're heading into. But for now, we're trying to separate it a bit, you know? Like, yeah. I, I don't know if Super Chat's functionality um, – can be activated while we're streaming only to Patreon. Mm. Uh, and then, like you said, would that appear greedy if people are already patrons and they have to donate? Yeah, I don't, I don't, we you don't, know? I don't want. Now, if we start to... getting 200 questions because we have 200 patrons in a show, like we're not gonna be able to answer all those questions, obviously. So we have, maybe, maybe we pick the questions or we figure out a different system. But for right now, we're gonna try this. I think. Yeah, yeah. If, if, we're... 
if we get overwhelmed with questions because we have so many patrons, that's an okay problem to have, and we'll deal with that as it comes up. Yeah, thank you, though. Um, Erg M, do we think Ford dealers will mark up the F-150 Lightning? In the beginning, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the Mach-E, the Bronco, and the Raptor are are not limited production cars. They, Ford will build as many of those cars as they can. Um, and yet, while demand outstrips supply, the dealers are marking them up. Mm -hmm. and, and so I see exactly the same thing happening with uh, with F-150 Lightning. Yep, I do. Um, David Cradoville says, what level of new four-cylinder Cayman would you take over a new Mach 1 or Camaro SS 1LE for street driving? I'd say Cayman S. I'd rather have a Cayman S than a Mach 1 or a Camaro 1LE. Um, I wouldn't do the T. I think I, I like that two and a half liter engine uh, a little better, but I'd, I would go with a Cayman S. Zach? If I was mostly street driving, I like really mostly street driving, not even Canyon stuff, I'd rather, I'd rather have the Mach 1. Okay. I'd rather have the space. I'd rather have the back seat. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, Tech D Garage is a near stock Mitsubishi Evo 10 with a manual worth buying and owning in today's world as a fun weekend light track use car. Um, <clears throat> Evo 10s are the kind of car where if you gave me, if you said, if you said you're going to die in half an hour, but here's a racetrack. And what car do you want to absolutely beat the snot out of on a budget? <laughs> I would want to, like, they are fun to drive at the limit because you can flick them and huck them and do a four-wheel slide and stuff like that. They're, the powertrains are really buzzy. Yeah, yeah, They're they are. They're buzzy, you know? And the manual, like, the shifters are only okay. The pedals are okay. I'd rather have a nine if I was going to buy an Evo, I'd rather have a great 9 than an average or decent 10. I think they, they look better. I think they, um, they're they more of what my mind says when I want an Evo. Mm -hmm. um, I've never, I've driven a couple different Evo 10s. Some of them have been really nice, but none of them has ever been like, oh, I want that. Um, whereas I've driven some great 9s where I was like, oh, this is a fucking this is the shit right here, even though despite the buzzy engine. So would it be an okay car to own for like weekends and track use? Like, yeah, it's it's all right. It's all right. And and I don't know what they're going for right now. And, and I don't really know about their reliability and stuff like that. Um, it's not a particularly nice place to spend your time, although the seat itself is good. It's a Recaro seat. Um, it's like a race car. I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a compromised vehicle, but yeah. it's, they're always been very fast, very yeah. agile. The grip's insane. Whenever they would run against stock STIs in magazine comparisons, it was quite embarrassing for Subaru. Mm -hmm. um, the Evos are insane. Yeah. But like you said, yeah. buzzy. Um, Alex says, uh, best dive watch with a green dial or bezel for my own wedding under $1,000. Oof. I wouldn't wear a dive watch to your wedding, man. I mean, dive watches just don't look good with suits. I, wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't buy a dive watch. What defines a dive watch, by the way? Well, a dive watch will have a good amount of water resistance, right? You're going to have the, the bezel, the timing, the, the one-way bezel so you can turn it, so you can time your dive. Mm -hmm. um, but, but mainly, 
what would define a dive watch is is toughness and water resistance. Um, Tissot. Things that might be valuable on the wedding night, Matt Farrow. I know. Like, Tissot, look, they, they make an okay product. Their stuff isn't, like, junk. But a $1,000 Tissot is not nice, any nicer than a $400 Seiko. It's just not. It's, it's, it's Seiko. It's Seiko quality, but, but in Switzerland. And so you can sell it for more. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend a thousand, a thousand dollars is a, not a great price point because a thousand dollar watch, the second it goes out the door is worth $300. Um, and a, and a thousand dollar watch isn't nice enough where you're going, I'm going to buy this for life. You know what I mean? Where it's going to last me forever. And I don't want to crap on your dreams. Um, but, um, I mean, I hate to go back to Seiko, but I would spend $500 on a Seiko Alpinist with a green dial and put a leather strap on it. And that would that would look better with a suit. And that would be just as nice. Yeah, see that on the left there. Seiko Alpinist, green dial, you put a tan leather strap on that and you, and it's almost a dress watch. Almost. Much more so than a diver. Um, you know, especially a diver chronograph. Um, so, well, that I, that person was insane asking $2,700 for that watch. I don't, that's not a $2,700 watch. I don't know what that person is thinking. A Seiko, <laughs> a Seiko Alpinist is like a $500, $600 watch. Um, I don't, I don't know where you found that, but that's not correct. Um, so, so I hate to just dwell on the, the land of Seiko, but, um, Maybe oh you know what are uh, the I don't know how much is how much is a Nomos club N O M O S Nomos makes a really nice uh really nice kind of sort of minimum uh, fifteen hundred yeah it's a little little above your little above your price point but pull it up it works it works on a bunch of different straps it works with a bunch of different outfits um, it's not a it's not a dive watch. Um, but it's 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 a really iconic watch. It's nice uh, looking. Other watch people will 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 recognize that and go, "You're someone who knows something." Whereas with a Tissot, other dive pe- other watch people will be like, "This that's not a person who knows what they're what they're buying." Whereas a Nomos, I I think I think you might be able to find a, a used Nomos for a thousand bucks, or if you can stretch stretch the budget a little bit. Um, but yeah, all right, let's go. But let's go back to the. Uh, maybe Bob, does Bob's have a Nomos? I don't know. Uh, eight, uh, Jason says, if you could throw 40-inch tires on any truck or car, what would it be for dumb off-road fun? What would your monster 40 truck? 40-inch tires. That's a big tire. All right, let's just assume the car gets lifted if these are going to fit, yeah, right? Yeah. Like a Charger. Like it's, yeah, Charger, charger. 392. Oh, okay, new, a new Charger? That yeah. could be cool. Oh, yeah. wait, we can go old. Yeah, old. I was thinking like I was thinking like a, a a big like like what you would have basically a donk. Like I'd basically take like one of those like thousand horsepower donks and just pull the rims off and just put the big super swampers on and just be there. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah. Impala convertible. Uh, in a related vein, I'll go like '55 Chevy Gasser because it already has the lift kit. Yeah, and they sit really high. And yeah, then just put big tires on there it you and go. blow it up in the mud. All right, and the last super chat, possibly ever. 
What are your thoughts on Acura phasing out NSX and calling the yet-to-be-seen Integra the brand's Halo vehicle? Uh, I think you've made up both of those things. I don't think that's happened. <laughs> First off, Acura said that there will be a third generation of the NSX. So although the current generation might be coming to an end, there will be a new generation. They said they're working on that. So uh, I don't think it's the end of the NSX. I, I don't think... They never retire a brand. They don't. Yeah. You know, like it might end and go be dormant for ten or twenty years because of development costs or marketing costs or whatever. But like, they're not gonna retire it forever and right. put it in a box. There's just too much, too much value in nostalgia and in the name. So they're gonna refine. The, they just announced the specs of the new NSX, which they refined a little bit and changed a little bit, and then eventually they'll probably make some electric hypercar or something that'll be the NSX, but there may be a phase where the NSX is gone and the Integra is their enthusiast vehicle for the, the time being. Yeah, I, Acura certainly but, didn't ever call the Integra the halo vehicle. That's, right. That would, you wouldn't do that. I mean, I think the new Integra is an exciting uh, enthusiast vehicle and, and maybe in the short term, if they do an Integra Type R, that's the Civic Type R powertrain with 50 extra horsepower or, or whatever to make it stand out, that could be, you know, an interim enthusiast vehicle uh, up at the top, you know. But, um, but fundamentally, um, uh, there will be another NSX. And, um, yeah, the Integra as a two-door hatchback is not going to be a, a halo of anything. I no. Mean, um, but, uh, yeah. That is, uh, that is it. That is it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right, our show, man. folks. Um, one more time. This is our last uh, live public show. Uh, from now on, our, li our live shows will be at our, our Patreon. Yep. Patreon.com slash The Smoking Tire Podcast. Written it out. Um, three different options. Pit Crew gets you the live streams. All of them. Uh... All, excuse me, eight a month, same as now. Um, get to watch the live streams. No more super chats, uh, and you can ask your questions as a patron on the the comments section in Patreon. Mm -hmm. Eight dollars a month will get you no more ads ever. Eight dollars a month, and that's that's a dollar for one dollar a show. You don't have ads, uh, and that's on the video and the audio. You get your own dedicated ad-free stream. Yep, ad-free RSS feeds. Um, and you also get access to the live stream. And for $10 a month, our pro driver level, you get early access to the episodes, meaning as soon as the live show ends, it's there for you and only for you. It's not there for, for anybody else. Uh, they have to wait to the Tuesday, Thursday schedule. Plus, on top of that, there will be a ninth show uh, in the month. There will be one extra crew show uh, airing once a month, only available to the pro drivers. The crew show may include uh, friends of the program um, that we that wouldn't normally, you know, whether it's another automotive journalist who's in town or whether it's uh, just a friend stopping in. It, we're not going to put our premium heavy hitter guests on that show, obviously, because we want as many people to listen to those as we can. Right. But but that bonus show will Driver's only, meeting. Yeah, the driver's meeting. Oh, that's hey. very good. The bonus show will, uh, will only be for those pro drivers. It will never appear in the actual feed. So... Um, I hope that, uh, that that doing this allows the people that really want to participate and really want to um, to get that ad-free experience, to get that live stream access, to get that exclusive bonus show, to not have to wait for the live for the show to to come around on a Tuesday Thursday schedule. I hope this offers an an affordable, uh, seamless experience that allows you to do that. And for people who aren't into it, 
the show is going to stay the same. Right. You no know, problem. Tuesday, Thursday, uh, you know, 48 weeks a year, Tuesday, Thursday, um, video show and, uh, and an audio show. And, um, you know, hopefully it works. We, we think this is a good idea. Uh, other other content creators have had a lot of luck doing this. Comics have had a lot of luck doing this. And we're going to try to not promote it too much. Today is just the first day it launched, so we're talking about it a little more than normal. Um, we'll try to not be super annoying about it because um, it's not just about getting money out of you guys. It's it's about actually giving you something right. for that money. And so far we've had positive responses about it. Good. For the people that were hoping for this kind of system. Yeah, and if you're not into it, like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. We're not mad. You'll still get your show. You'll still get your fucking 48 weeks, two weeks, uh, two episodes a week. So that's our show for today. We'll be back tomorrow on the Patreon Live with Larry Casilla of Ammo, one of my oldest friends, talking about detailing, taking your detailing questions, and uh, talking about his first trip to the West Coast in in three years. Uh, and is what's going... I mean, his fucking gig is crazy. He's, he's doing all Glickenhouse cars. He's doing these Whoa. crazy race cars. He got to drive the Baja boot. Oh, cool. Uh, you know, and... Uh, and so he's got stories. He's got stories from his new shop. You know, he built this crazy shop uh, where he lives in Connecticut. It's amazing, really, you know, his kind of attention to detail. So that's exciting. Larry Casilla tomorrow at patreon.com slash the smoking tire. And for the rest of you guys who aren't into that system, we will see you every Tuesday and Thursday with a new uh, live audio and video podcast. So that's our show for the day. Thanks very much and have a good evening. Bye.